After 9 Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Well, what did you think? <laughs> I was up so fucking late last night, Kat. I bet. Ugh. I, I love election night. I love the political process, Canadian and American in particular. I do go a little further out for American politics than I do for Canadian, but I do enjoy watching the Canadian results come in. Last night was very, very predictable. First off, did you end up voting? Because I know that you were going to do it after yeah. the podcast yesterday. Did you find a polling station? I did. Yeah, I went to my polling station. It was easy. I took five minutes and I was out. Okay, that's good. In some of the busier ridings, uh, Fort York riding in Toronto, a three to four hour wait Whoa. to cast your ballot. Whoa. The riding in the distillery district, minimum two hours to cast your ballot at times. It was nuts. There was other ridings in Vaughn that had long lines. And I, I feel bad for the people that had to wait and aren't happy with the result. I feel bad for the people that tried to vote but it was just going to take so long that they gave up and left. That doesn't help anybody. I feel bad for the university students that used to be able to, on campus, wherever in Canada they were from, Mm -hmm. vote in the election and have their vote count in their riding. Uh, My daughter, for example, lives and goes to school in British Columbia. It would have been, in any other election, an opportunity for her to go and vote, and she could have cast her ballot for right here in our riding. But they changed that this time around. And that sort of thing has a direct impact on some of the more progressive parties, like Mm. the Green Party and the NDP. In the end, we're exactly where we were before the election call came down. The liberals have a strong minority government. Same number of seats they had before the election was called. The same number of seats. Mm -hmm. It could fluctuate a little bit by a couple... There's still 800,000 mail-in ballots that need to be counted. That might tip the scales one way or the other, but either way, it's highly unlikely that they can get to a majority right now, which means they have to work with the opposition. It's not even like I speculated either. The way the vote count came out, Kat, I thought, well, maybe there's a scenario if it's a small minority where Aaron O'Toole and Jagmeet Singh could get together. And go to the governor general and say, we're going to govern as a coalition. We would like first crack at governing because combined we have more seats than the liberals. Hmm. But they don't. They would need the block in on that as well. And that's highly unlikely to happen. Okay. So Justin Trudeau is the prime minister again. Uh, There's people who are frustrated with the political process in Canada today. And I understand why. You didn't pay attention in civics class. That's why. Before we get into too much more on the election, let me just say... That the people who voted for the People's Party of Canada, mm-hmm. Maxime Bernier. That purple wave turned out to be a little bit of a splash. That's about it, eh? Seriously. Seriously. I mean, Maxime built up all these people's hopes and he, he tried to tell, we can change the country. We can do things right. We're going to fix immigration and we're going to get rid of the vaccine passports and blah, 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 blah. He never had a chance to win. He was never honest with his voters he never ever even downplayed the possibility of winning he never did it he was going on like he was running for prime minister and he could replace justin trudeau and do canada right 
Well, for those who don't understand how the political process in Canada works, are you happy? You were so mad at Justin Trudeau, which is probably justified. You were so mad at him that you went and voted for a party that had no chance of winning. Mm -hmm. And you prevented the party that did have a chance to get rid of Justin Trudeau from winning. You know, if you really wanted to, to get Trudeau gone, voting for the People's Party of Canada was such a waste of time and effort. You might as well have stayed home. So you're suggesting it should have been conservatives or nothing? You know, I mean, if you wanted to get rid of Justin Trudeau, there was one party that had a shot at getting rid of him, and that was the Conservative Party of Canada. Now, maybe your principles say, oh, I can't vote for him because of this or because of that. And that's fine. But if your one and only goal was to get rid of Trudeau, voting for the People's Party of Canada was a waste. They never had a chance of winning. You, PPC voters, are part of the reason that Justin Trudeau is in office again today. You hated him so much that you went to the other party on the extreme right and did nothing. What a waste. Uh, Somebody did ask me a good question, though, on Facebook this morning. They said, Everybody seems to hate this guy. How did he win? (laughs) Well, it's twofold. And again, it just comes down to our process. It was people that voted for the People's Party of Canada instead of the party that could actually win. That's definitely part of it, but not all of it. There is also Southern Ontario, the greater Toronto area. What happens in the GTA? The, the GTA is where most of the votes in Ontario and in Canada are. And the GTA happens to be very connected and dialed in to Premier Doug Ford. There's a lot of real anger at Doug Ford right now, even though he shut up for the whole campaign. There's mm-hmm. anger there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that might have voted conservative say, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not supporting these fucking guys anymore. There's a lot of people who said, you know what? I cannot stand the thought of Justin Trudeau as prime minister again, but I'm not voting conservative. Now, nah, I, I see what those fucking guys are doing. Mm-hmm. And, and let's also be honest. Aaron O'Toole kind of did it to himself. He wasn't prepared for the gun question. He was a little wishy-washy on a few different things, and he seemed evasive because he wouldn't directly answer a lot of questions that he was asked. And that gave people some doubt. So that's how we ended up right back where we were. $600 million later. If I may, uh, to answer that question, to, to give my take on, on that, um, that perception of everybody seems to hate this guy. How did this happen? Uh, sometimes those who are uh, following, uh, like maybe, maybe not even necessarily like Trudeau, they're the quietest. You know, yep. I find those who are supportive of the liberals tend to be the quietest. And I don't know what you're basing that on. When people say those things, I don't understand what you're basing that on. Are you basing it on when you open your Facebook page? Are you basing it on comments that you see on news articles? Because there's a certain group of people who are louder than others. And just because you aren't loud doesn't mean you have the power. You know what I'm saying here? So that's why you never really know. You're sure in your head sometimes. I think I know how it's going to go down. Take a look at our elections. Take a look at what happened in the States when Donald Trump was voted through. Sometimes it isn't necessarily those who are loud and and scream at the top of their lungs. They're going to get their way just because you have. And I don't mean to say those who hate, you know, Justin Trudeau were having a tantrum. Some were. uh, But just because you're kicking and screaming and yelling doesn't mean that that's the most popular way. It just means that happens to be your choice. 
but other people are going to be quiet. And I believe that those who are voting liberal tend were not the ones that really put themselves out there and claim that they were. So that's exactly how that happens as well. You know, Justin Trudeau, in a lot of ways, is Donald Trump. When you look at the campaign and how dirty it got, when you think of the the strategy, divide people, make them afraid of what will happen if your opponent wins, demonize your oppo- opponent, make him seem like the boogeyman, and then when it all goes south, then get really, really bad on the personal attacks. That's what jo- uh, Donald Trump did. He divided people. He scared people about his opponent. And it worked the first time, but not the second time, because Joe Biden won that election. But that was the strategy from Trudeau. And other parallels here? Well, let's talk about voter intention. Yeah, there was a lot of people who knew from the start they were going to vote liberal. But it wasn't a popular opinion. And people don't want to have those unpopular opinions necessarily out there on social media. So they're quiet. There was a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump that didn't admit or blast all over Facebook and Twitter that they love Donald Trump, but they were going to vote for him. Yeah. And Justin Trudeau is no different. Well, there's a huge difference here, though. I mean, you're talking about on one side, the states felt like they needed a change or the majority of those or whoever was voting for Trump felt they needed a change. In this particular case, Scott, I think it's the opposite of that. It wasn't as though he made them out to be a boogeyman. He, He did make it out to feel like they're afraid like we talked about on the podcast with Dave on Friday. It's a fear of the unknown. And I think he did play on that. And that I think did also win him votes is sure. You know what? You can go ahead and switch sides because you're not happy, but look what I've had to go through during my term. Look what I've had to work through. Are you really sure that they, that the conservatives, NDP, whatever it might be, would have acted the same way, would have had, you know, your back, blah, blah, blah. It's that fear of the unknown that he played upon. Whereas it would be the opposite for Trump of let's be afraid of what we've done. Let's look forward to something completely different. So I I hear what you're saying, but I think it's a little bit different. I think also that um, uh, when you play to that fear of the unknown, you play to a real Canadian stereotype. It's funny because Canadians, we like to think of ourselves as progressive and modern. We vote liberal way more than anything else. But for a country that's apparently very liberal, we're extremely opposed to any change at all. We're actually very conservative as a country. We don't like to change things. It's got to be pretty egregious before the electorate goes out and says, no, we need a change. We haven't had a change of prime minister in six years. There's been three elections now. No change. Even Mm -hmm. Stephen Harper, who a lot of people, a lot of people disliked he won what three times three times he got elected as well people are afraid of what they don't know and Mm -hmm. i frankly don't understand that i mean i'll be honest with you i did not support aaron o'toole when he ran for the leadership of the conservative party i thought there were other better candidates but since he won i thought i'll make the effort to get to know him he's actually a good decent man but his inability To defend himself, to fight back, to be able Mm -hmm. to speak unscripted, to be able to get away from his handlers. Yes. Yep. You know, like that's what cost him the election. And in fact, part of the reason that the conservatives lost this election, mainly in Ontario, 
is because the liberals were the incumbents and the liberals did a very good job at getting people familiar with their candidates. Yeah, and I still feel like I didn't know what an Aaron O'Toole was. You know, I, I still didn't understand it the moment I went to vote. And I wish that I had that or could have grasped it from what I did watch. And I did watch a lot of the debate coverage and I did research. I still felt as though, because you need that connection too. You need that connection with those people. And I feel like he isn't a great leader for the conservative party for those reasons. I don't know if people really caught that connection. Maybe I'm missing something here. I don't know. Maybe you could tell me otherwise, Scott, but I feel like there has to be like a person to person connection, regardless of, regardless of whether you're there for as a liberal candidate or an NDP or a green party. I don't care. It's a person to person. I'm with you on anime Paul. I actually quite liked her. Um, but, and so I have to have that personal, like, okay, I like them as a person. Now, what else are they doing? I have to have that. And for me, I I don't know if it was there with Aaron O'Toole. I don't. Yeah. And and the irony on this is Aaron O'Toole. I don't know if he's going to stick around as leader of the conservatives. If he's not, he's got to go quick so they can get another leader in place. Because again, we're in a minority government. One thing I will say about Aaron is I really do think that he probably was the right guy at the right time. Canada needs to heal. We're extremely divided right now. And Aaron O'Toole's whole message was, let's find some common ground and and let's move forward here. Ironically, because that was the Liberals' uh, campaign slogan. But I think that Aaron O'Toole probably would have done an excellent job. He probably would have been remembered as one of our better prime ministers. He'll never get that opportunity, though. And partially it's on him. Partially it's on Maxime Bernier. Partially it is on the way the election was conducted. And also Justin Trudeau is Teflon. Doesn't matter what the fucking guy does. It all washes off. Blackface doesn't matter. Jody Wilson-Raybould doesn't matter. We SNC doesn't matter. Ethics violations doesn't matter. This guy has got something going here. I don't know what it is. But he keeps getting reelected despite what seems like a general dislike. In fact, I don't even need to say it's a general dislike. 65% of the country voted for someone other than Justin Trudeau. But Justin Trudeau is going to be prime minister. Uh, Let's hear just a little bit of what he had to say last night after being reelected. These past weeks across the country, I see Canadians standing together, together in your determination to end this pandemic together for real climate action, for $10 a day childcare, for homes that are in reach for middle-class families. For our shared journey on the path of reconciliation. As Canadians, you've elected parliamentarians to deliver on all this, and our team, our government, is ready. I mean, there wasn't a lot inspirational there. There wasn't a lot of uh, really anything there, to be perfectly honest with you. He just sort of went through the motions, and that's fine. He's entitled to do that. What were you expecting? I was expecting the call for unity. I was expecting the mea culpa. I was expecting Justin to come out and say, listen, I get the message. 65% of this country voted for someone other than me. I understand that there's people out there who are angry. 
I understand there's people out there who think that the path forward should be a different way. And because of that, I will reach out to Aaron O'Toole and Jagmeet Singh and Anime Paul and uh, Yves Francois Blanchette. I will reach out to them. I will bring them all into a room and I will find out where we have common ground so that we can move forward where everybody's included. I mean, if you think about it, we kind of gave Justin a gift here. No, he didn't get the majority he wants. But he's in a minority situation. So all that shit that he promised is probably not going to happen. If you voted liberal yesterday because you want that $10 a day childcare, I don't know if it's going to happen. He's got a minority government. He has to get the NDP or the conservatives or the bloc or somebody on board with that. Are, are you going to see housing prices come down now? I don't know that you are. He's got some pretty radical ideas. He says he wants to do things like end blind bidding. As someone who's in the process of buying a house, I can tell you that that would be helpful as a buyer. But are homeowners going to allow Justin Trudeau to tell them mm-hmm. how much they can take for their house yeah. and how they're allowed to sell it? Yeah. I don't know that they will. It's going to be a very contentious thing. And realtors are going to fight that tooth and nail. There's a lot of roadblocks here to getting what you actually voted for yesterday. But let's be fair here. Erin uh, O'Toole is the leader of the Her Majesty's loyal opposition. He will continue to reside at Stornoway. Here's a little bit of Erin O'Toole after losing last night. At the start of this pandemic, I called for a Team Canada approach to combat COVID-19. 18 months later, our nation needs that more than ever. The minority parliament was, quote, unworkable. But tonight, Canadians did not give Mr. Trudeau the majority mandate he wanted. In fact, Canadians sent him back with another minority at the cost of $600 million and deeper divisions in our great country. Just days ago, he said he would hold yet another election within 18 months if he didn't get his way. I don't know what else he could say other than I'm stepping down, which I don't know if he will or not, but there's a lot of people in that party who are going to say he should step down. I still kind of think Jagmeet Singh should step down from the NDP. He's had a couple of cracks at this now and hasn't done anything to grow the party. Really? He should probably go. Anime Paul should probably go. In fact, if you're interested in being a federal party leader, the Green Party probably needs somebody right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be a good gig for you, Kat. Leader of the yeah. federal Green Party. I don't want to lead. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, not for uh, me. All in all, listen, everybody. People had a lot invested in this as far as their their effort, their time, their emotions, hopes, wishes, ambitions, dreams. There's a lot of people who had a lot riding on various parts of this election platform sure. and this election campaign. Uh, the result is the result. The result is Justin Trudeau is going to be prime minister until he decides he doesn't want to be anymore. He has a choice. He can work with the opposition parties or he can force them to bring him down. And that might be four years from now. It might be 18 months from now. It might be next month when Trudeau has to release another speech from the throne. We don't know, 
But in the meantime, there's a lot of other shit going on. There certainly is, Scott. So uh, love him or hate him, like or dislike him, Justin Trudeau gets another chance to prove his worth. And I really do hope that this time around, people will hold him accountable. He has been through three ethics violations. The blackface, the Jody Wilson-Raybould, the we, the SNC, the list goes on. And there wasn't a lot of anger until there was an actual election. But I'm hoping now that people will pay attention to this fucking guy and watch what he's doing and force him to work with other parties or force those other parties to get rid of him. There you go. That's all All I've got to say. Great. Great. Let's move Uh, along, everybody. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, voter turnout, by the way, not great again. I was yesterday. I was going to mention that too because I looked at my local riding anyway. I, I looked at those numbers. I knew they were not great across the board, but I looked at my local numbers and I was like, really, everybody? I think it was like, oh man, maybe uh, I want to say ten percent of eligible voters turned out. What really? Is, no, it's, it was very low. I remember when, at least at last check, when I was looking at it, it was very low. That's, I mean, it's brutal. What is it uh, Canada-wide? I believe it's in and around 60%. I don't know if I've seen the final number, and there's still some votes to be counted here, but uh, uh, it wasn't great. Listen, if we can get anything done here, if there's anything I think that we as a nation actually agree on, we agree that it's 2021, and one of these fucking guys needs to figure out a way for us to securely vote online. The days of us having to stand behind plexiglass because there's a pandemic, go and line up at the kids' schools and wander down to the gymnasium and mark an X with a pencil that gets thrown out afterwards anyway, that shit is over, guys. Figure out a way to let us vote online. Mm, There shouldn't be any more fighting about, well, did you vote during the advance polls? Because there was advance polls, you know. That bullshit that was going on yesterday, no more. Vote online. You can vote anytime in the writ period. This time around, it was 36 days. Anytime you're ready to cast your ballot, you should be able to vote online during an election period. I don't know. I also think that we should take advantage. I mean, I don't know how easy it is. I know there's going to be so many skeptics, and I think it's going to take like a, another 10 years to e- for people to even trust it. But, I mean, we have this facial recognition software on our phones. Everybody uses it for everything from banking to credit card to their fucking Facebook account. Why can we not, and eventually link our vaccine passport to it, you know, one solid place that lets people know, yep, this is Scott Fox. Without a doubt, facial recognition, plus he has to enter a code, plus he has to enter a special code that we give him for his ballot. Boom, we know this vote is legit. Are you sure you want to vote this way? Great. We're going to send you a confirmation email. If for some reason it's not right, you go ahead and you click and you let us know it's not right through the secure email address that you provided. Boom. You voted on your phone. Like, why can't we just do that? Like, there's well, too many skeptics. I think it would work fine. The irony here, Kat, is all of the parties have a system where you can vote online for party leader. Aaron O'Toole was elected through a virtual vote. I mean, uh, so was Justin Trudeau. It's so simple. Well, they do it a little more complicated. It's a little bit of old school and new school. What they do is they mail you a special code. When you get that code, you have to go through a system of verification and upload your ID. And then once you've uploaded your ID, you are verified and you're able to vote. 
I really don't understand why we can't do the same thing with federal elections or what you said was even better. When are we going to make some progress there? Mm -hmm. Because what happened yesterday wasn't doing much to to serve the mandate of democracy. When people are like, I, I want to vote, but I just can't fucking stand in line for three hours. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Something's wrong with the system here, guys. We've held a number of elections across Canada during a pandemic, and every single time we had to do it in person because you guys haven't figured this out yet. Get it done. Online voting should be easy. And there really shouldn't be much to disagree on there. I get that there's a couple people out there. Not many, but some who don't have access to the Internet. We'll come up with some provisions for them. But in the meantime, the vast majority of the country is sitting here right now listening to this podcast in 5G. There's no reason you can't vote online. Like, let's stop screwing around here and get this done. All right. That was the election wrap. Tomorrow, we will get on to some different things. Oh, tomorrow is the first day of summer. Of of fall, sorry. (laughs) I wish it was First day of fall, and tomorrow is also day one of vaccine passports in Ontario. Oh, tomorrow's going to be a weird day. We'll have lots on that and more in the next edition of After 9. Pfizer announced that a low dose of its vaccine is safe and effective for kids ages 5 to 11. It's great news until you hear a six-year-old say, I want to do my own research first. (laughs) Pfizer announced that uh, they say their vaccine is safe for kids aged 5 to 11. According to a Pfizer board member, a vaccine for those children could be available by the end of October. Well, I know what I'll be handing out for Halloween. (laughs) That's right. The vaccine is highly effective for kids 5 to 11. Meanwhile, four-year-olds are like, yeah, don't mind us. We'll just keep Clorox wiping our Legos, okay? (laughs) Well... Meanwhile, out in California, I saw that some McDonald's locations are now offering free vaccines. It's not every location, so double-check before you let a clown stab you with a needle. Just, I'm just saying. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.